question. And we just want to, on behalf of all of our pastoral staff, thank each and every one of you. We just uh, love serving you guys and doing life and ministry with you. Uh, you guys are a blessing. Uh, you encourage us uh, and continue to help us walk with Christ. We're a team together. <laughs> and so we want to thank you guys and appreciate you. Hey, this morning we're getting, uh, as we dive into God's Word this morning, we are continuing our series talking about did God really say? And uh, if uh, you have missed any of our messages, we want to encourage you to go to our website or go to our app, and you can easily uh, listen to the podcast or watch the video and catch up on what you have missed so that you can stay current, if that's because of a life group or you just missed it in, in general. So we, uh, we hope you would do that. Um, so we've been unpacking the area of flesh and last week we talked about um, sowing and reaping. And we talked about uh, the seeds that we sow and the different kinds of seed. And if you remember, uh, it, we talked about the seed uh, is the idea we sow. And there is a seed that is sown by the spirit of this world, which is the devil. And uh, we, uh, when we let uh, that seed take root, um, it feeds our disordered desires, our fleshly desires that are not honoring or do not line up with God's word, and it will produce destructive fruit that leads to death. Now, uh, not always does it look like death when we start to dabble with this fruit. Uh, it, it looks very appetizing, and it looks very uh, enticing, and, and we just fall into it, and it looks like it's all great, and one day we wake up and we ask the question, how did I get here? <laughs> and because that fruit, fruit evolves, and, and, and it starts to kind of eat you up from the inside out. And uh, my prayer today is that none of you are in that spot, but chances are in a, a crowd this size that there is someone that is in that space this morning. It is in that space where they're waking up and going, how did I get here? What happened? What happened to my life? Okay. And then we see the seed uh, that comes, the idea that we're sown by the Spirit of God, the seed of truth, and it will produce good fruit. It transforms us from the inside out. It changes us. We all enter this world into sin because of the sin that happened in the garden, the original sin. We were all sinful people from the beginning, and we've been given an invitation to receive Jesus Christ. And we receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, comes and takes residence in our lives, and He brings with Him a fruit. He brings with Him the seed, and the seed that produces good, healthy fruit fruit and that transforms our life. So the idea that we believe in our minds uh, and then let into our bodies gives shape to the trajectory of our soul. Put another way, it shapes how we live and who we become. So up till now, we've been kind of playing defense or playing, uh, figuring out who the enemy is and what his role is and how does he attack us. And we've been, we've been learning the defense that we need um, to overcome this uh, villain called the devil. But starting today, moving forward, we're going to play a lot of offense. We're going to kind of go at it. We're going to attack with the power of the living God. We're going to take action. So what you're going to see 
uh, especially in this message and the next few messages, there's going to be a lot of application. A lot of application so we can start to see changes in our life. I've heard this statement, if you keep doing the same things and expect different results, it's called insanity. A lot of us keep doing the same things, but we expect different results. We come to church every Sunday, and we leave, and we expect change, but we do not want to change our actions and the way we do life and the way we live. And so today, we start to look at application and how we can start to go um, uh, intentionally uh, towards uh, living a healthy life, living a life of freedom, living a life of hope, living a life restored, living a life healed, living a life in Christ. So today we unpack the concept of crucifying the flesh or the fleshly sinful desires of our life that keeps us separated from the love of Christ. If we live in this world and we live in the sinful nature, we will be separated from the love of Christ. And so we've got to take action to live, uh, to not be separated from the love of Christ. Uh, that prevents us from a vibrant relationship with our loving Heavenly Father. Some of us may be in this room today and struggle with that concept of a loving Heavenly Father. The reason you struggle with the concept of a loving Heavenly Father is because your relationship has been severed because of sin. And that is why you struggle with that. Your mind has been polluted towards your loving Heavenly Father. But when we start to take action and remove the sin out of our lives, we are re-restored into this relationship where we go, wow, this is truly a loving Heavenly Father. And also what it does is it's, yeah, this, this sin nature keeps us locked up in our prison cells. We're kind of, we have this, we, uh, this bondage, this feeling of, man, I can never get free. I, I'm always under this weight or there's something that is constantly beating me down and I can't seem to get out of it. There's this cloud over me that is weighing down on me and we're, we're, because we've been taken as prisoners of war into a spiritual battle that the enemy is fighting over our lives. And we've got to play offense, we've got to come out of this, and we've got to win, and we can win. So when we crucify our flesh and live in the Spirit, which is the Spirit of the living God, when we live in stride with the Holy Spirit, we start to experience life. We experience freedom, we experience hope, we experience healing, we experience fulfillment, we experience peace. We experience protection. We experience blessings. If any of those words resonate with you this morning, do you want to just raise your hand right now? You've, you've seen this in your life. Okay? Some of you have your hands raised, and some of you may, may not be able to raise your hand this morning. That's okay. But guess what? You can. 
The reason I shared this list here, the, the list that I just shared are things that I have personally experienced in my life. I know it is in God's Word. I'm not just telling you what's in God's Word. It is in God's Word, but there's something about the Scripture talks about taste and see that I'm good, right? And the way we taste and see is we apply and then we receive God's, God's work in our lives and we go, hey, guess what, God? Man, there is freedom. There is hope. I've experienced that. There is healing. Man, I've, I've seen that. I've, I've felt the fulfillment. There is peace that passes all understanding. There's protection when there are bad things happening. Man, I've seen God's blessings in my life. It is a testimony of my life. And God wants that for each and every one of us. He does. He wants you to be able to pull out a piece of paper and pen and start writing. And when people say, hey, who is this God? Well, here is who he is to me. Here's what he's done in my life. Does it line up with scripture? Yes, it does. I've seen it. It's proof. But why, why do we struggle to do that? Is it because maybe there is this sin nature in our lives that is holding us down? Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus... Those who belong to Christ Jesus, those who belong to Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the question I'd like to ask you this morning, do we need to feel bad about our sin? <laughs> Do we need to feel bad about our sin and our fleshly desires? So there are two words I'd like to use this morning to unpack this concept. One is guilt. The other is shame. Guilt, what I did was bad. What I did was bad. How many of you are parents in the room? Okay, okay good. We've got parents in the room. How many of you have had kids that have done something wrong? Yeah, you guys all laughing. You were a kid at one time too, right? And you remember, like, what you did was bad. What you did was bad. And there's even some guilt in that, right? What you did was bad. Why do you think a parent is coming to his kid or her kid and is saying, what you did was bad? Why? It's because they don't like them? Because they love them? Because they don't want them to maybe do it again? Because they know that it'll hurt them, right? They want to help them get on the right path. What you did was bad, okay? Now, shame on the other side is, I am bad. Shame is personalizing that and saying, you know what? Man, I'm a bad person. I messed up. I'm, 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 for, I'm no good. I, I don't have hope. It's a broken uh, way of looking at the brokenness in our life. Yes, guilt, I did something bad. Shame, I am bad. Guilt, the thinking is, what I did was unloving, and I need to make it right. Think about it, I mean, if you're a kid, or if you're an adult, <laughs> we, we stop thinking that way when we become adults. We change. But wh what I did is unloving, and I need to make it right. Shame thinking is, I am unlovable and there is no hope for me. Right? 
Shame is a tool that sometimes the enemy uses to keep us in our little prison cells because we are afraid to talk about the brokenness or the hurt or the, or the, or the sin in our lives, so we hide and run and we live in isolation. Shame, uh, most times, shame is never helpful. Most times it's very toxic. Shame is very toxic. Shame says our identity is bad. We are unlovable. We are in, in, uh, irredeemable. We are rejected people. It attacks our identity, who we are as a person. It causes an identity crisis. Causes an identity crisis. Um, it causes me to go in, um, uh, go to the extremes of changing or redefining who I am. I run from the shame, so I try to redefine who I am because I'm not dealing with the guilt, and I live in the shame, and I redefine myself that I may be reaccepted and loved again as a human being. We start living an altered identity a life that was not defined by God, but defined by the spirit of this world. A redefined identity. Shame. Guilt, on the other hand, can actually be good. Remember, guilt is the what, not the who. It's what I did, right? Guilt is to the soul like pain is to the body. I'll say that again. Guilt is to the soul like pain is to the body. Okay, so pain is a good thing, okay? It can be a good thing. Um, in my case, I remember uh, playing sports. Uh, I used to, for some reason, uh, once you have a bad hamstring, you always have a bad hamstring, right? And so uh, I'll be running, and all of a sudden I get this sharp pain in my hamstring that tells me you need to stop running, <laughs> Right? Because if I don't stop running, chances are it might be a sprain that might turn into a tear that might then put me out of commission for a longer time frame, right? It's the pain that tells me that I need to stop, I need to pay attention, that I need to go find somebody who knows what they're doing and take care of the pain in my body, right? Pain is bad when it goes indefinitely. So let's say I did not have, or I kept that pain, I felt the pain, and I kept running on that bad leg, chances are I'm going to have a torn hamstring, and it could have some long-term damage to uh, the parts of that body. But in the short term, pain is a gift from God. It tells us there's something wrong. Pay attention to what's happening in your body and take care of it, right? Fix it. Guilt is a gentle hint that we need to fix something that is wrong. Something that is wrong. Guilt can become bad when we wallow in it for too long. It leads to imprisonment. So if the conversations we've been having in the last few weeks has got you feeling uncomfortable, or maybe got you thinking, or maybe got you going, wow, Okay, it might be a good idea for you to pay attention to that and to ask the question, 
why do I feel the way I feel and what action do I need to take when it comes to my flesh? When it comes to the areas of my life that maybe are in that secret place that no one knows about, but I'm just sensing this urge to do something about it. <laughs> Very well could be that guilt. It's the thing that you're doing, not who you are. Don't let it define who you are because there is freedom in Christ. Right? So here's what I want to do. I told you, starting this week, it's going to be application, right? I want you to all, at this time, if you have a piece of paper, I see quite a few got writing notes, which is perfect. I want you to, if you don't have a piece of paper, I want you to pull out your smartphone. Go ahead and do that real quick. And if you can go to your notes or someplace where you can write something down, if it's in your notebook, that's great, that you can go back to, okay? I want you to do something. I want you to write down two things right now that you know is causing discomfort in your life, meaning guilt. You know. Let's be, uh, let's be open here. We are all sinful people, right? Are we all good? Agree? I am. We all have sin. We all have brokenness. We all have weaknesses, right? We all struggle with stuff, correct? Nobody's perfect here. Are there? Is there any perfect people? There are just very... Okay, good. So we are all writing. It's okay to write. Is that good? So what are two areas that you feel is causing guilt in your life this morning? I just want you to write it down real quick. Type it. This is just you and, you and your phone and God, okay? And I'm believing, we're praying, the Holy Spirit is going to nudge you right now in those areas. Or maybe it's already nudged you. And you know, man, maybe it's a stronghold. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a, a, a struggle that you struggle with. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest with me. You, uh, hey, one of the things I struggle with is uh, sometimes I am impatient with my kids when I'm tired and I might approach a situation in a way that is not God-honoring. Like I might raise my voice, or I might be impatient and yell at them and then I go, oh, what was I doing? That's an area that the Holy Spirit's working on my heart. There is guilt there. I know I need to work on that area, Okay. Or maybe it's when uh, my wife is, uh, it's evening and I'm, I'm just so tired from work. So I'm on my recliner while she's cooking dinner and I, I well, she'll take care of it, right? That happens and, and, and it's an area of guilt, right? And I'm, I'm working on it. It's a fleshly, selfish desire, uh, selfish uh, habit that I have to work on. So what is, what is something? Maybe you have something a little deeper than that. What is that? I want you to write it down. So what are we going to do about that right now? We're going to work on it. We're going to fight the flesh. We're going to fix the guilt and the shame that is in our lives. How do we fight the flesh? Crucify the flesh. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Paul is calling us to take extreme measures. He's saying, crucify the flesh. Crucifixion was the most brutal and emotional form of execution known to man. And guess what? The King of kings and the Lord of lords, our Savior Jesus Christ, was crucified for you and me so we can be restored back to a relationship, be restored back to experience freedom in Christ. Paul is saying that we, uh, when we, uh, 
crucify our flesh, we die with Christ and are raised again to life. We're made new and clean in which the evil things, the old part of our selfish, fleshly desires are being removed by the loving things of the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God. It is being removed out of us. It's being purged out of us. It's being bleached out of us. And we're being sanctified and made new. It's called salvation through repentance. Salvation through repentance. Repentance is basically stating, I did something wrong. Guilt. I did something wrong. (laughs) Repenting. I did something wrong. Repentance has lost its place in the church today. And we'll talk about that next week. How the importance of repentance is the starting point for the transformation that Christ wants to see in our lives. Repentance, then that leads to forgiveness. See, it's one thing to say, God, forgive me. What is he forgiving you for? For this. Repentance. Father, this is what I want you to forgive me of. Naming the sin, calling it out of your life, and shoving it out of your life. You name the sin, you call it out, and you shove it out. And you say, this does not belong in my life. Father, will you forgive me of this sin? Right? So, repentance, forgiveness, and it's done by grace. It's given to us freely. We don't earn it. It is free. God, Jesus paid the price, and so we have that. It's a 180, an extreme step, a a, a severing, a disconnecting from sin, a cutting off from sin and saying, I am disconnecting myself from the sin, and I'm starting to walk in step with the Spirit who's going to bring freedom and restoration in my life. But here's what happens frequently as human beings. We do sin management. We give our lives to Jesus Christ, which is awesome. But then we go, uh, I'll just manage that sin. I'll let it stay there and it'll just go unnoticed. I'll just manage it. I just won't handle it. It will kill you. It's like saying, let's do cancer management. <laughs> sin management does not work. See, when we do sin management, what we're trying to do is we're trying to use our human abilities and limited knowledge to manage and keep at bay or keep control our fleshly desires that have have been brought upon us by the spirit of this world. (laughs) We're saying, God, uh, yeah, thank you for your gift, but I'm going to manage this. I have enough power in my own strength. But understand this, the hierarchy, God, the devil, then you. But when we surrender to God, what happens is He moves us and we defeat sin. But when we do sin management, we're still God, devil, than me. We can never defeat the enemy by doing sin management. It doesn't work that way. Every time we sow to the flesh, we feed our animalistic part. And that animalistic part has been awakened and we need to get rid of it in our lives because it controls us and, we, uh, when we, and then we uh, lose the freedom that we receive in Jesus Christ. Think of it this way. It's that one potato chip, right, that we like and then it becomes a bag. We sit with a bag of potato chips, right? Sin management. 
Or in my case, it's that one Oreo cookie that I'm trying to beat right now that is becoming three and four every, every time the football game starts. Got to get it out of the pantry, right? Tell my wife not to buy it anymore. The puffs that lead to a pack of cigarettes. One puff. A social drink that leads to a bottle or an addiction. A buying habit that leads to constantly online shopping. Multiple buying habits. A dating relationship that leads to more that is unhealthy. A game with betting and sports betting that leads to addiction and gambling. A flirting outside the covenant of marriage that leads to an affair. They need to leave our system. We can't do sin management. If we are dealing with some of those things, it's, a, it's time to repent. It's time to bring it to the altar. It's time to crucify the flesh and say, out with it. Out with the old, in with the new, in Christ. This is why the apostle Peter in, uh, in 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 10, and he said in a paraphrase, those who follow the corrupt desires of the flesh said that it is time they become like unreasoning animals, creatures of instinct, and like animals they too will perish. He's not being mean. He's just being honest. Stop playing with fire. You will get burnt. Don't do sin management. The more that people indulge in the flesh, the more that it takes over their whole being. That is why Paul didn't mess around and he said, crucify the flesh. Crucify the selfish desires. Crucify that sin in your life. Sanctify yourself in Christ. Bring it to the altar. Repent of your sins and give it over to God and ask for forgiveness and start the journey of restoration. Kill the desires, the addictions, the habits, the relationships, whatever that is distracting you from God. Maybe you are single and you have a relationship that's healthy. Maybe you have a desire that is unhealthy, an addiction that is bringing you down, a habit that is destroying you from the inside out. It is time to kill it. But how? How do we do it? It is by submitting to Jesus Christ. Submitting, surrendering, bringing our sinful self to God. There are two faces here. One is, in this audience, I would, I would maybe want to believe that there is someone here that has not given their life to Jesus Christ. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, if you have not submitted to Him, if you have not come under the authority and the leadership, and you've said, you know what, I repent of my sin, I'm a, I'm a sinner, I submit to you, I want to come under your, on your leadership, will you forgive me and you become a follower of Jesus Christ? That's your first step. So there, that's one group of people. Maybe you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. But there's another group of people, those of you that have su submitted your life to Jesus Christ, and I'm, I'm assuming the, the, more, the majority of you are that, but you have submitted your life to Jesus Christ, but you're doing sin management. You just you took that first step, or maybe you took the second and the third step, but you've kind of gone backwards and you're doing sin management. You're, you're playing, you're flirting with, with the, the sin, and it's starting to destroy you. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. It's a daily surrender. It's a daily repentance. It's a daily coming to God and a daily infilling of the Holy Spirit. Daily submitting and saying, I need you. Not a one time and I'm done situation. It's a daily because we live in a broken world. We are tempted daily. We fall into sin. We fall into the brokenness, but it's a daily surrender. Keep in step. Paul is teaching in the, on the flesh in Galatians chapter 5 and he uses this statement three times. There's a reason that he uses it three times. In verse 16, walk by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit and let your, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Three times, verse 16, verse 18, and verse 25. He's saying, hey, this is important. You have to live with the Spirit. What is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus who uh, told his disciples, hey, uh, uh, in, in Acts chapter 14, he says, hey, guess what? If you love me and you obey me, you will do what I say. You'll do my commandments. And I will ask my Father to send you a helper, an advocate who is going to come in place of me. You've already seen me, he tells the disciples. You've seen me and you know me, so you will know him when he comes and lives inside of you. He's saying, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. He's going to come live in you and he's going to help you do life on this earth he's going to help you navigate through the desires that are tempting you he's going to help you overcome them he's going to help purify you and cleanse you he's going to help make you new the holy spirit see we need the holy spirit to lead us paul is saying that we can't fight this through willpower but we need spirit power we try to fight this with willpower. We try to do sin management, but we need the spirit power to come and to set us free. Willpower is the ability to control one's own actions and emotions or urges. It is not a bad thing, it, but it was created to help us and grow, but we need spirit power to overcome the sin in our lives. See, willpower is good maybe for that chip that I was talking about, the Oreo cookie, or maybe to wake up in the morning and go exercise so it's good for you and you become healthy. But willpower versus triggered trauma that has happened in your life, willpower against addictions that have got you tied up, willpower against deep wounds from past relationships that is tripping you up every day, a hard wiring of habits by sin action that is causing us to lose the battle. We need spirit power. We need the power that comes from the Father. So how do we, how do we access this power? Because here's something we've got to understand. We're in a process. We're in the sanctification process. It's an ongoing process. It's a daily purification. Uh, man, I, I was going to use this graphic next week, but I'll kind of unpack it. Uh, it's kind of like this pipe that has got sludge in it. There's a pipe that has got sludge in it. Nothing can flow well through it. The pipe is your life. The sludge is the sin in your life. And nothing can flow through it. And so we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come and to push through and clean out that sludge in our life. The sin, the sin nature in our life so that the things of God can start to flow again. And that's what He wants to do. But we choose to use willpower and sin management to manage this. 
So how do we, how do we access this power? It's simple. It's through practices. It's through practices. We find ourselves in bad spaces by practicing the wrong ways or habits. Let's get out of practicing the wrong ways and start practicing the right ways. It's called spiritual formations. It's called following the ways of Jesus. See, following the habits, are, uh, are following the habits of Jesus, which are the counter habits that we need for the sinful habits that we currently have in our lives. And so we bring these counter habits and they start to neutralize and to push out the bad habits in our life and they start to purify us and start to make us new. When we learn a habit that is unhealthy, we have to unlearn it with a counter habit, okay? That is normal with anything in our lives. If we have a bad habit, we've got to unlearn it with a counter habit. So what we do is we practice Jesus' ways or effective counter habits so that we can stop living in the selfish, uh, sinful desires and start living in the ways of the Spirit. And one of those things is called the reprogramming of our mind. Because that is where the battle is happening. That is where the habits are starting to form. That is where the wiring is starting to happen. That is where the, uh, the, the mental maps and the trenches are starting to be made because of our habits that we have. And so we start to reprogram our mind. And that is why scripture talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind because we need to take our habits and shift them with new habits so we start new lifestyles, new ways of living, new, uh, new uh, creatures of habit. We need the power of the Spirit to be able to overcome what is happening in our lives. This is why Paul says, walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, Keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit of the living God is here for our own benefits. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 7, it says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So we see the contrast. Life, death, and life. Chaos and peace. The Spirit of this world, the Spirit of God. That is why here at Flag Church we say we are a Spirit-empowered church. The reason being is we want to be led by the Spirit so that not so that we can say we're just a Spirit-empowered church because we are called to live in step with the Spirit because it brings freedom. It brings freedom. Next week, we'll talk about spiritual formations. We'll talk about the importance of taking that first step, which is uh, confession and, and repentance and, and the importance and the beauty of that that has been lost in the, in the local church. We'll, we'll unpack that. But this morning, I want us to take some beginning steps. The beginning of this whole process is the opening of our heart, our intellect, our emotion, and, and, our, and our thinking, our minds, to open it to the work of the Holy Spirit. 
to the work of what God wants to do. He wants to do this in our lives on a daily basis by keeping in step with the Spirit. He'll share some application steps that you can start to put into practice on a daily basis. Firstly, I know I didn't put this on your notes on the app, but you can, you can write it down. Firstly, to surrender and submit every day. It's a surrendering and submitting to the Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does that mean? Father, <laughs> you're in heaven. Your name is all, above all names. And I'm submitting and I'm surrendering to you every day. It's a submitting and a surrendering. Secondly, to have prayer, to be in conversation, and to read his word, which is the food that he wants to feed us with. To be in prayer and be in his word. To be in prayer and be in his word. Now, the surrender and submission happens in that prayer moment. It happens through prayer, but then you spend time in his word. And, and, and the Lord's Prayer talks about, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread, which means in step with the Spirit daily. In step, in step with the Spirit daily, receiving our daily bread. What he has for us. Thirdly, daily. Repentance and forgiveness. Repentance and forgiveness. Coming to the Father and saying, God, you know what? Yeah, this happened this week or today or last night. This happened. I just need to bring it to you and ask that you forgive me. Will you forgive me? Also, will you forgive this other person that has hurt my feelings? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that have sinned against us. Repentance and forgiveness. Guys, this is not hard. This is simple. It's just an act of wanting to do a new habit. I know it's going to feel difficult because it's not our normal habit. It's going against the flow. It's going against the work of the flesh. And we've got to put this as a priority in our lives. And when we do that, what we start to see in a month of doing this daily is that there is a shift that is happening in our spirit. Lastly, protection. God, will you protect me? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, right? Lead us not into temptation. So, God, I, I surrender and I submit. I come to you for my daily bread. I ask that you forgive me, that I repent. I'm repenting and I'm asking forgiveness. And then, God, can you protect me? What would your life look like if that just became a model for a daily walk with God? What would that look like? A new habit, a new formation, a new way of doing life with Christ. Your fleshly desires will start to go away and your spirit desires will start to bloom inside of you. The sludge will start to come out. And the presence of God will start to move through your life. We will start to play offense. We will start to see the hand of God. We will start to define those words that we, uh, we talked about earlier. Man, he's hope. He's my protection. He's my healer. He's my restorer. He's my joy. He's my peace. He's my strength. 
We'll start to see those in our lives. We'll start to taste and see that God is good. Small habits. So if you'd stand with me at this time, I want you to pull out that phone or wherever you took those notes when you started. Go ahead and pull out that phone or that piece of paper. I want you to look at that, those two areas that you wrote down, the areas of guilt. What were those two areas? I want you to look at that. I want you to give, I want to give you a step this morning for you to act. I want to give you an opportunity to crucify the flesh. I want to give you that opportunity. You still have the choice. We, when, we, when we ended worship, I said the Father is standing and He's inviting you. He's inviting you. He's inviting you into His presence. He's inviting you into freedom. He's inviting you into a new life. He's inviting you to be set free from the bondage of sin. He's inviting you to walk away from the selfish desires of this world. Look at that. Guilt, what I did was bad. Yes, guilt is bad. What we did is bad. That's the fact. We did it. It's bad. Shame, I am bad. The reason why we choose not to act is because of shame. What would people think? Oh, oh man, they're going to think I'm, I'm a bad person. We're all bad people. <laughs> We're all being set free by Christ, right? We've all done sin, right? Nobody in here is perfect. But the shame, that's what the enemy uses. He wants to push you further away into the hole, into your prison cell so you can live there and live in misery. And Christ saying, whoa, 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 hold on. Guilt? But there's this thing called con uh, conviction. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. It's like when I had that hamstring, I go to the doctor and the doctor looks at me and says, oh, yeah, 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 you've got a, a hamstring that is, uh, is bad and here's what we're going to do. The Holy Spirit right now is going to bring conviction. Conviction's not bad. Conviction is saying, here's the way out. Here's what you need to do. Here's your next step. Hey, if you would do this, you, if you would just take two weeks to rest, guess what? Your hamstring's going to heal. I have a choice, right? I can listen and take two weeks, or I can ignore it and keep running on it. What is good for me to do? What should I do? Take a break. Listen. Listen. What's the Holy Spirit telling you right now? Conviction is a spotlight on guilt, giving us a dough out of that life of sin. We'll be able to come Confess and repent. Confess and repent. Confess and repent. Saying, you know what? What I did was bad. God, will you forgive me? Here's what I did that was bad. Let me tell you, this morning, you have the option of walking out of this place with freedom in those areas. It's that simple. Coming to Christ. So here's what I want you to do. The worship team is going to lead us, but I'm going to invite you right now, before they even lead us, to step out and step forward. Step out and step forward. What are you doing? You're taking a step of, you're taking action. You're saying, you know what? I'm coming boldly to Christ, who is able to bring healing in my life. I'm coming boldly so that those things that I wrote down, that I could bring it to him and say, God, will you forgive me of this? Will you set me free? And you're confessing to Christ. So I want to ask you to make that move right now. You're just going to come to the altar. You're going to come here, find a spot, and you're just going to spend time praying and taking it to Jesus because He wants to bring healing. So I want to invite you. 
right now some of you are standing there and you're sensing that shame that is telling you don't go stay what would people think but i want to challenge you to make the move right now take the take that plunge make that move what do you write down you don't have to share that with others today you just have to share that with god i want to invite you to come and the worship team is getting ready to lead us and i want you to take it to god and say god I need healing in this area. Would you forgive me? Someone else. Who else? I'm waiting. Who, who needs forgiveness this morning? Who needs to take something to God this morning? You want to take that guilt? Guys, this is the area of freedom. This is the space of freedom. There's no condemnation here. The conviction comes, the Holy Spirit comes, and He puts this grace over us. And He starts to bring healing. He puts this bomb that Christ is bringing and he's, and he's pouring that into our lives and our hearts start to experience freedom. I guarantee you the people that are front are already starting to experience a freedom from taking that first step of obedience. Obedience. Obedience to Christ. We don't want to be obedient to the, the spirit of this world, do we? We don't want to be slaves to the spirit of this world, which is Satan. We want to be obedient and slaves to Christ. Because being a slave to Christ is experiencing freedom in Christ. So, there's still more time. Worship team, lead us out. I want you guys to come. And when you're here, what do you do? Just say, Jesus, I bring this to you. I bring this area to you. I don't want this. I want it gone. Will you please forgive me? I'm repenting and I'm asking for forgiveness. Okay, let's do that. Worship team, lead us out. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Oh, 